Hello, and welcome to the Three Peak Master Leadership Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mino, and I'm joined by my co-founders, Mazen and Krasana. And together, we've started a company, Three Peak Coaching and Solutions, where we support organizations to set their strategy, develop their people, and remove obstacles along the way. Today's topic is about play and fun. So we're going to have fun with this today and enjoy ourselves. Uh, and we're really going to see how play and fun can help us on a personal level, interpersonal level, how it might apply to work, and of course, how it helps us in the world at large. So to begin with our session today, we're going to start with ourselves. And if you're listening along, you can think about your own experiences and how they might apply to you. So I'll start with Chrisana. When you were growing up... <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh nice question. <laughs> when you're growing up, what games did you play that you really enjoyed? Ooh, the games I used to really enjoy playing was um oh, just let me let me go back there. Um I really enjoyed playing um skateboard games with my brothers, like really skating skateboarding up and down the street um i i also really remember enjoying before school sometimes we would be outside playing and doing make believe like playing that we were uh creating some some make believe place and and building before we went to school I, I I clearly remember that was such a joy. I think my father had left a, a tent or the sails of a sailing boat over a um, uh, clothes hanger, and then we just made it. Oh, look what this! And we we were playing inside that. So I remember I remember those games, but a lot to do with bicycles outside, playing playing in the nature. I I grew up with a fortunately grew up with a lot of nature to support me and open spaces. So I had a lot of spontaneous creativity coming from nature. Zen, <laughs> what about you? Games you played as a kid you really liked? I'm smiling because actually uh, just diving immediately to the topic and diving with those questions because we did not prepare the questions actually. Yeah. It actually made me really smile. Uh, it's the really best way to start such a podcast with such a, a intro, diving in. Mm, things that makes me uh, have fun, you said, or like, what's exactly? What games did you did play you... as a kid that you enjoyed? The first was actually, and probably that gives me this fat smile, is uh, wrestling. We were really imitating the WWF, uh, you know, like uh, during my the US WWF and then I had uh, I was lucky to have two brothers and it's really were like uh, cubs of lions and and we were wrestling all the time um we create the arena we create everything we we had tricks we used to copy things but we really learned so much to play together that we knew how not to hurt yet to do all the movements so it's interesting the intelligence of the body of a child the more they train actually to play, the more we really, you know, you do locks and things like this, but you really stop. And if so, you stop before anything breaks. And if somebody looks from the outside, they think we're really hurting each other, but actually we're not. But all of it was within our brain body system unconsciously. Uh, and that's the best play. Uh, later on, my brother still wanted to play when I was like 25 or 30. And I'm like, it was not fun <laughs> because it was harder and uh, it required a lot of flexibility. But sometimes, yeah, it's uh, it's a good remembering. And even to remember it gave me this fat, big smile. I was fortunate to have two brothers to be able to yeah, play those games. Uh, but that's the first one. Alone, I would say, so this is with my brothers, which is my best resources. And alone, I would say being in nature, being in the mountains when we used to go every weekend. And climbing trees, man. I loved climbing trees. I used to see myself as a monkey everywhere in my hands. And this it was such a joyous thing to jump around climbing and, yeah, be invincible in this kind of animalistic world and feeling myself as invincible as an, an animal human in this flexibility jumping around. That's alone. 
You've unlocked uh, so many different memories. <laughs> yeah, you've unlocked so many different memories for me just in sharing. Because me and my cousins in Greece used to do the WWF, WWE mm. thing too. They really were into it. And uh, I realized I could probably talk for an hour just on games that I played. But uh, one of the things that I really loved as a, with my grandmother and as like a family, we used to play a couple games. One was uh, this Greek game called Grignari, which is uh, called The Whiner or the one, the one Who Whines, you know, like whining. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like similar to the American game uh, Trouble or Sorry, where you're moving the little pieces around the board. And if you land on someone, you send them back home and they have to start over. And uh, me, my sister, my grandmother, my dad, we used to play that a lot. And it would just get like, you know, when you're laughing so much, you can't breathe and you're crying, like just complete chaos. It was so much fun. Um, I mean, as a kid, I played outside so much with my friends and I just love, we loved inventing new games. So we were, it's fun, right? It's like, we were so bored at times that we then had to become so creative in the opposite direction. So the games we would invent were incredible with like, I don't know, balls and this and that and make believe and just running around the neighborhood and being in nature. So we had so much fun. Um, and even like uh, starting to play video games when we were a bit older, like there was just so much uh, enjoyment around us. And I think sometimes I actually forget how much we played and just loved and enjoyed our time as kids. It was, yeah, so much joyful. Card games, Uno, like that was another big one for my family with my grandma. We played so much Uno. Uh, yeah, we really, really loved it. Really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting because I do remember when I was young, like you did get bored. There was not always constant stimulus like there is today, you know, with online or uh, computers, uh, phones. And I remember, you know, you, you just go outside and you felt bored. But then you found something to do. And I constantly remember my mother saying, go outside and play. If you went, mom, I don't know what to do. Oh, my father said, so go out and play. And you'd go out and it was good to feel a moments of being bored. And then next moment, uh, you did something, you, you, you created something, you played. I think that's missing these days. Just when you were saying boredom, I said, that's really missing a lot. Like people are afraid to, to fill that gap and uh, mm. the gap and, and, and allow something to come from that and through play, it's play is moment to moment. Yes. I realized also as I was, um, I'm going to now move myself from child to teenager to young adult, that somehow and somewhere that sense of play started to diminish. And I noticed in myself uh, like this fear of play, this like seriousness, this heaviness that started to uh, kind of weigh down on me, especially when I started working for the first time. So I was working on Wall Street 40 hours a week, like suit on, tie. I started to get really just kind of this like heaviness. And I noticed that when I was even around like children, like I couldn't be around kids anymore because I didn't know, I felt like weird or awkward. I didn't know how to be with like young kids. Like I was just like very stiff and kind of rigid guy. And that, that like uh, something dimmed in me. And then it was through doing uh, exercises like uh, active meditations, dynamic meditation in particular in my mid-20s. It was through some of the exercises that uh, the two of you were sharing at the time on personal development in tantric energetics that all of a sudden I felt this uh, like unlayering happening, this joy starting to emerge, this sense of play start to reemerge. So my question uh, to both of you, uh, and you can start with whoever wants to go first, is really how do we, why do we first kind of close to play in life and how do we reopen to play? Since uh, I've seen it through your work that reignite within myself. So maybe we just start with why do you, why do you suppose some folks like myself, earlier self like me, might get a bit more serious and kind of heavy and closed off? I see Mazen is, is like a very like licking his chops. So if you want to go first, let me know. <laughs> no, actually, I just, it's a, it's a deep topic. That's why I'm smiling. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I had two thoughts. The first one, whenever we want to do a podcast, it's always probably good to start talking about 
play and how we used to play. It just brings such a joy in this meeting, the three of us. And it really is passed on to our listeners. Uh, the second thing, what you just asked, it's such a deep topic. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, we're really diving in. Uh, and it was the opposite as what you thought. I was like, cool. I feel Chrisana will start because <laughs> she loves that topic. Uh, I didn't have anything coming up, just more really to enjoy, to hear the wisdom of Chrisana. She's been, I don't know, for me, I see her more as the play mistress. <laughs> the, you know, opposed to master, but I want to make it feminine. So the play mistress, because um, I will share, not I will share, but not a, yeah, I will share around it. So I give it to Chrisana. One of when Chrisana created, she created many studios, one in New York, uh, meditation studios uh, in Chile, in New York and in Berlin. So I only saw her in Berlin. And then one of those meditation where it was the Osho therapy meditation, meditative therapy, meditation, meditative therapies. And <laughs> one of it, it's about laughing. What's called the child? Uh, there's a different the the one being a child yeah yeah something oh no like not that. being a child it's like going back into spontaneity going back to spontaneity and then i've seen her in action and it's really amazed me and later on when we started to do the workshops and treats for people she always like let us bring that and i'm like okay and the moment we start uh, i can really see her she really have access to that joyful laughable she start bursting out and i'm look i'm like how wow she has super access to that very playful very laughable very uh to the point i'm like i'm shocked i'm surprised i'm like wow that's that's cool and uh because my my love like my joy or my enjoyment um is a bit less extrovert, I would say, than Chrisana. But she has a capacity to bring it out and bring everything to a very joyful, to bring that seriousness to break it. I break more seriousness through um, more uh, teasing jokes and then more of a communication thing. Uh, but yeah, that's what I feel I would like to say at this moment uh, <laughs> to contribute so, to this conversation. And I, move so I will ask Chrisana. Two part question. Part one is, uh, why do you believe people might like myself might get a little bit more serious as they get older? Mm -hmm. And then how do you support people to tap that playfulness that we've been talking about? Mm -hmm. Well, mind is very serious. <laughs> mind is always mind's like a computer and it's looking to solve problems. And um, playfulness joy spontaneity is our birthright so we came into this world full of life full of spontaneity full of wonder and it's part of conditioning through society through school through families where we start to feel as a child oh i'm loved is i'm if i'm good if i'm doing the right thing so we start to close off from our innate wisdom, our innate qualities of um, spontaneity, of innocence, of wonder, of seeing life in a play. And I, to be in this spontaneity, to be in this moment-to-moment, -moment, to be in this um, oneness, joy, it's it's getting back into those qualities. So they're qualities that we all have and we've forgotten that we have them. So the meditative therapy that was created, it's really to, that I would share a lot. It was a one-week process and it was a process, Osho meditative therapy. And it was like being born again, really, that was the name to nothing religious, but it's like coming back into those qualities so we can um we can be focused we can be clear we can uh live life in a very aesthetic way with clarity with awareness 
But we also want this juiciness and we also want this, this lightness and this joy. So this meditative therapy is to support that too. So we, we again come into these qualities. And so for one week, it's a two-hour process. There's no talking. The first hour in a very safe room with no props, no, just some cushions and some mats. I guide it with for one hour is to move into everything that you wanted to do as a child that you weren't allowed to do without interfering with anybody else. So for that one hour, there's no just letting yourself play. And after one hour, then we sit in silence. So it's actually a, a meditative structure. And then you just sit in these these innocent childlike qualities after playfulness and you just rest. And this is a process. So we remember again um, how joyful it is, how playful, how you can come back into spontaneity to get out of our seriousness. And it's not about being good or trying to play, but just being in delight. And another aspect, or I think, why it's easy for me. I grew up with so many brothers and sisters. I grew up a lot around fun and improvisation and uh, interacting a lot. And it also supported me. But through this process, I really, I did for myself many, many times. I under started understanding I don't have to always play with other people. I also found out there was times where I just wanted to be myself and enjoy cloud watching, creating things for myself. So to the the question, it's when we we try to be good, we try to be a certain way, and we've lost our qualities, our spontaneity to be joyful and alive. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and I've experienced it firsthand, so I can say that it works. Uh, I went from someone that was really miserable and really stiff and really in the mind constantly to more and more opening up to my own playfulness, joy, and enjoying life, which I think is beautiful in and of itself. I talked earlier about I used to not understand how to even be around kids because I was so stiff. And now, like, I basically tap into that exercise when I'm with kids. So I just meet them where they're at and play and, like, behave, like, do, like, as if my inner child is alive in the moment. And uh, so all of a sudden, I'm, like, really good with kids and playing with kids, and it's very fun. Um, so one thing that uh, my earlier self might have thought, right, from the mind is, well, it's a very serious world. So I don't have time for all this fun and play. Okay, you say there's some positives like joy or feeling good, but it's, again, a serious world. I'm here to do a task. So Mazen, I have a question for you, which is uh, we're going to talk about learning now. How, do you, uh, how would you explain the function of play and fun and curiosity on the function of learning? How does having fun enable us to learn? That's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> this is just magnificent because you're opening a door now, uh, a door of, um, it's not about, I'm not going to be criticizing. I'm going to be commenting on the school system and the education we have that is really created in a way that all the learning is based on stress because of the exams grading system and this pressure that the kids have from parents from teachers that we have to sit and then intelligence means to be able to remember so i'm going to say something intelligence is not the ability of remembrance the ability of remembrance is that we have an ability, a big capacity to remember. Intelligence is way bigger than that. There's emotional intelligence, there's physical intelligence, there's intellectual intelligence, and way more other way. So intelligence is a misunderstood word. 
So the intelligence that is graded or we are examined pushed us to be more competitive. Hence, when we're competitive, we need this stress hormone to make us perform. You know, when we do sports, this stress hormone with the adrenaline is really secreted in the body-mind system to allow us to be on our peak performance. So now, when I bring that to kids, before they start school, right? I don't know, four or five depends each. Kids are in the now. We, they don't know anything but the now. It's playful before five years of age. We start, I notice a lot with my nephew. When he came to this world, he's around four and a half, five soon. They kept on teaching him time because it was important, but he didn't get it. For him, he used the word tomorrow for yesterday. And then every time they tell him, Mazen is coming. And he's like, is he here? And he's like, no, no, he's coming in a week. And he's like, he doesn't grasp the concept of time. And then he's like, yeah. And then as if he didn't care, I thought he didn't care. But the moment I'm there, he's fully alive. So playfulness can only happen in the now, can only happen in the moment. Kids knows it already. Kids know it already. We lost it by putting the concept of time and then being actually slave of time and competition. That created more stress, so stressful society, stressful interaction with parents and kids, stressful interaction with kids and teachers. And then kids between each other, because they learn they have to be the best and they have to compete. Then the stress power start to be a big factor in learning. When we talk stress, we talk later on when stress is more there, that brings fear. Fear took over. So from five-year-old, six years old of age, fear start to seep in. Stress start to come in. The interesting thing is stress and then fear, the emotion that comes through fear, are emotions. They are literally hormones that are secreted from the body and the brain. And actually, it helps memory. So it is possible to learn through stress, as it's seen. I did lots of studies during my PhD and after on learning and memory. Actually, that was the main topic. Now I see why you asked me the question. Okay, I got it. And then actually, when I used to work with animals and later on, I worked with humans, the way to make animals learn is I need to give them a stressor. Why? When we have an emotion, regardless which one, this emotion is flooded into the neurons in the brain. And then the moment we have that, we have a formation of a memory. The emotion creates a consolidation in the formation of the memory. But regardless of the emotion, the biggest it is, the, the happiest, uh, incident or emotion it is, the, the biggest is the learning and the memory because the neurons will consolidate so much because the brain will consider it as a survival thing. Something big has happened, understood through the emotions. So I need to remember it so next time I know how to adapt fast. So stress is one of the main uh, important ways to learn. But also playfulness and joy. Because in playfulness and joy brings so much emotions and feelings. It's tremendously fun. But we're speaking about different... So you becoming around 20 or, you know young adult working and you lost all the joy because you literally graduated from the school of life that is stress and fear. Lots of schools now are changing the curriculum and evolving. So I would say the next five, 10 years, lots of, lots of educators start to acknowledge that and understand that. The best way to help students to learn is through playfulness. But the answer is not only playfulness, I'll use the word curiosity. Curiosity is a blast for a child. We have it. The moment we lose curiosity in teenagerhood or in young adulthood or later on in adult, we start losing playfulness. 
And the moment we lose playfulness, we start to losing the joy, and then we become serious. So then we have to rely on something else to start to learn. And this is other emotion, which is the fear or the negative emotions, negative, not as bad. There's no bad emotion, just the negative or positive emotions. Then we go toward the path of stress, high adrenaline, high, high intensity of things. Uh, and then, yes, we will learn. So I hope that covers a little bit the question you asked. Yes, thank you. And we see this continuing. So we go from the the school, I forget what we call it, the school of life of stress. Uh, and then we enter the workplace, which is also many times also runs on stress and operates on stress, especially the kind of corporate America model of working. And uh, what we've noticed, I'll start with just us, is that um, we can incorporate fun and games into our work. So there's oftentimes within our company, 3P Coaching and Solutions, that we will uh, play games. Uh, we sense it uh, kind of if a meeting is very sluggish, slow, like the kind of something feels ah, like it's not working. We'll incorporate online games like Uno, Connect Four, things that help us find the joy of the moment, the joy of being with each other. And even if we play for five, 10 minutes, it can really transform a whole meeting. So in your uh, just estimation, uh, Krasana, if we think about our own meetings, what do you feel the impact of playing a quick game at the beginning of a meeting is on that meeting? Like, what do we do in that meeting because we played the game? Um, we're not, what happens is we're not focused on what's going to happen in this meeting. What do, what's the outcome that we have to have on this meeting? So immediately when we say, oh, let's play a game, it already sets a different tone. We're always, oh, there's no focus. It's fun. We're going to interact. Okay, I'm highly competitive. So coming from a big family with so many brothers and sisters, I get, I can feel already, oh, I love this. I love, I love a bit of a challenge. So I, it's, it's very refreshing. And for me, it just makes the start of a meeting a lot lighter and also a lot more connected with myself and everyone is connected with each other. That's how I can see that's the impact for us on those meetings. Yeah. And I, I tell folks a lot is we usually spend the first five minutes of any meeting chit chatting anyways, usually it's something about mundane, like kind of uh, complaining about the weather or just doing a little catch up about what happened during the weekend or what you will do in the next weekend. So even now I'm connecting, it's all about time, right? It's about the past, it's about the future mm. uh, or complaining about something that's out of our control. And what mm. we could do with that exact same time is pop up a quick game and enjoy and get to actually bond with one another. And so we've actually taken this a step further and we, for the first time, actually played a game with our client in a brainstorming meeting last week, or was it this week? One recently, uh, time, time, I don't even know the construct of time anymore. Um, so Mazen, uh, you were in that meeting where we started and then we ended up playing a game with our client. How do you mm -hmm. feel like that uh, meeting ended up going because of us breaking the pattern and going into a game? I will forecast, uh, I will do the forecast for how we were when we arrived. We always have a sense, a feeling when we arrive into yeah. meetings. We really think, lots of people who are really think, oh, it's psychic abilities. We always have a feeling when we come in a room. We always have a feeling when we come into a meeting. This feeling is really connected. This feeling is, how to say, shared with everyone. So most of the time people think or um, or employees think, oh, it's only me. I'm stuck or I feel, I feel whatever. Actually, it's the meeting itself as well. So when we arrived into that meeting, there was a bit of sluggishness. There was a bit of tiredness. I was like, poof, I'm not going to enjoy that much. So I was like, hmm, what should I do? So it, it I was in my head. Uh, and then we started like, actually, it's people were tired and things like this. And we know that we really enjoy the client and we enjoy ourselves. So we had a choice. We always had a choice. And then we said, let us start to do something. The idea is from a bit biological and psychological and, and understanding of it, when we arrived, 
we were all not in the moment. We were all in the past or in the future because we just, it was at the end of the afternoon, at least for us, not for you, Mino, you, it was early morning since you're in New York and we are in Berlin. Uh, and so we were missing pre- Missing. When we say childlike, people think, oh, I don't want to be like a child. It's a childlike. A childlike is something we have. It's to be in the moment. The moment we are in the moment, <laughs> in the now, it's very playful and very joyful. Why? Because we're really present to what is needed. But since we're all tired, so we're always in, all in our head, we went into the game. The game strip out time, strip out all our past memories and experience, strip out all our future worries. And then in that single moment of single moments, because it was like 10, 15 minutes, where Krisana became very competitive. (laughs) In a fun way. You knew it's going to come, right? So we started to tease each other in a very fun way. Um, We all were competitive in a healthy way. And it really activated this connection between the four of us. And suddenly everything stopped other than the four of us being present. So presence happened. We were all in the now. Playfulness arose. And that was it. That was it. And this is how children do. Because they were never conditioned to use the mind in the way how adults use it. So they have a full access to it. And then us, we have to do some things to gain access. The moment we played, it brought, like, the belly was so relaxed. They were like, and then we're all like, joyous kind of like just something ah oh, it feels good we jumped into a meeting my god it was really um very effective there was the joy of meeting suddenly like the joy of like the tiredness is gone everybody felt there's uh, a, a meaning of all of that there was belonging i'm like words that it's not that important it's like belonging to this moment to this meeting there was more commitment focus more creativity more joy. And actually, we discussed amazing, amazing things. We were creating some workshops. We achieved a successful meeting. And for me, that's the difference. We achieved a successful meeting. And normally, we never use those words, achieved a successful meeting, where every meeting can be successful. Check every child play when they meet. Every meeting is a successful meeting. But check every adult. Every meeting is another uh, meeting. And the chance and the choice is within us. But I'd like to say, if you calculated, like, if I want a successful meeting, then I will put play before the the meeting, and we'll have a successful outcome. It doesn't work like that. It just means when the the sensing, oh, what can we do in this moment when we're all a little bit sluggish? Um, so to create um, to create a shift in the uh, phys- uh, biological energetics and also in the psychological, if you want to call it energetics, so that we all come into the same uh, rhythm and resonance. And then, of course, subjectively, it was already successful. Yeah. I, I, I just would like to add on that because I like when we bounce and I'm really working with each other the last seven years. She, we activate, like we create, see that's a creative for it. And imagine this is how our creative meetings are. Alone, I would achieve a certain amount. Alone, she would achieve a certain amount. When we start to play with that creativity, we really achieve, we achieved a lot of fun, interesting and very needy, needed things for when we work. Uh, based on what you just said, actually, because it happened to us, I'll speak with our own experience with playfulness. We have not created a frame. There are meetings where we jump in and then we immediately jump and start speaking. There are mm-hmm. meetings where we jump in and say, how are you? How was it? Okay, cool. And then we might, and there are meetings we jump in and we lose time and we start half an hour speaking about a very personal topic. And why I'm saying this, because actually if we start to standardize it, if we start, we lose the moment. We lose the connection of now. We lose that, what we're speaking about. Playfulness happened in the now. If we go knowing we should be doing that. The word should 
that comes from the mind, this is what kills curiosity and playfulness. So when we have shrewds in the way how to meet, things started to change and become very serious. Why? Because we are letting go the connection to the body, to the self, what is needed in the moment. And that's what is very important. And that's why children are constantly playful. So we, if you remember, guys, at the beginning, we did many times, at the beginning when we arrived, we did five-minute meditation or seven-minute silence. I don't know the last time we did five-minute silence, but for like six months, it was really helpful for us. Then it shifted. Then it shifted. Now we're playing something else. We're doing something with, I don't know, some animal spirit, joyful, <laughs> uh, joyful thing. Like, so it's always changing. Um, but it's really, we're not giving, a, I would like to call it, the Bible of how to have a joyful life. It just, the body will tell you, the body brain, the consciousness will tell you what's in it. It's really to connect to the body to the aliveness and the aliveness will tell us within the frame of a one hour of a meeting, knowing also we have responsibilities. So it's really calling upon our intelligence with a big eye. I was actually going to share pretty much the exact same thing, which is it's not to take the, a tool or a resource and then make a religion out of it or say, this is exactly what we're going to do every single time. So for us, I think we've listed now a few. We have certain resources that we can use depending on what's needed in the moment. So I'm happy you brought it up. One of them is meditation, which helps us bring our group into a similar resonance. As Krasana mentioned, we do have games that we can play online. We do have the animal spirits that we can play with. Uh, we can share the emotions or a personal thing. There's all kinds of things we can use in the moment. And sometimes we show up and we're already in resonance. So we don't need anything and we can just dive right into a meeting. So it's really about checking what is actually needed. And then we have a, such a variety of incredible tools we can use to, and there's sometimes where we show up to a meeting, it's not often, but we actually show up, we check in and we cancel the meeting on the spot because we're not in a place to have the meeting, right? Uh, and so not being so attached to it has to happen a certain way, but rather if we want the successful outcome, we might need to do a nonlinear move to get to what we want. And really not going into hyperstructure, hyper, this is the way it has to go. So, okay, now we talked about work. Now I want to talk about life. And sometimes life has challenges. Uh, so I'm actually going to take us to the birthplace of Mazen, which is a beautiful country called Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to throw in a lot at you today. So, yeah. Um, Mazen always tells me, and uh, it wasn't until I visited that it really like sunk in that Lebanon is one of the places that has probably experienced everything and anything you can experience in the world. It's a bit of like the, the testing ground for every crisis one could imagine. So, I mean, I could probably take 20 minutes just to list the crises they've been through in the last 10 years, but we're talking about things from uh, economic crisis where there's hyperinflation, there's political crisis, where the government fell apart, gasoline shortages. They, of course, went through COVID just like the rest of the world. Uh, they experienced a, a blast in their port that devastated the port where they have imports, exports. Uh, there's war. So there's a kind of a continuous skirmishes on their southern border. So across the board, like you can look and say that's a country that is uh, playing and testing all the crises uh, and so when we went and visited, we also, and we'll get to that in a second, uh, experienced some of that ourselves. But what jumped out to me is there was one time I had a call with Krasana and you were in Lebanon. You've done a lot of work in Lebanon and you were there, I think, uh, while the coronavirus uh, and there was lockdowns. And I remember you telling me that um, in the Lebanese culture, there's something around kind of... Uh, going to somewhere like a family home and playing games with the family. So what have you seen uh, in terms of the kind of Lebanese culture and how games and fun can be a resource for folks in moments of heightened stress? That's the question to me. Yes, that's a question to you. And I'm so happy. It's like it started with me and it moved to you because they said that's the order of things, you know, because I'm very connected to that collective field. And I'm like, I need to breathe, take a moment, ground. So I'm happy that Kristana begins and I share from experience a little bit later once the conversation 
goes on. Uh, what I discovered in Lebanon, beautiful people. And what I really discovered is they have so many social connections and social groups. And this is such a great support because this is the way they support themselves. When you go through so many crises and setbacks, you this is the resilience of having a lot of social support and uh, people around you. And I also know that the family is uh, the extended family is a is a very healthy support and and inside of that there's the social groups there and there's lots of games there's lots of meeting there's lots of play there's also wanting to have a good time even in all the setbacks um the only time I do see when their stress levels really go up is when there's sickness in their own internal family system because that is really the core. You know, if things are going on outside, they have to deal with it, with all these events, these uh, traumatic and um, heavy events that have occurred in this country. They have gone through it, but they know with their resilience how to bounce back from setbacks but that's because their core their core family structure is intact when someone's sick inside the family this is when the nervous system they uh, can fall down a bit but they do have support they love to have games they love to meet they love to uh, go out and meet for food and dinner and they're very passionate about life because when you see so much like this is happening that you are passionate to to look at life in a different way that but there's still life happening that's that's just my sharing about it thank you so now we go to the the insider what have you yeah. noticed mazan i just noticed that my smile is lesser <laughs> that's like hmm uh yeah i just yeah i'm more in because we use the word seriousness and playfulness, and I see myself more in uh, silent and really listening. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna psychoanalyze myself. I just it's interesting because it's um, it's a very touching and important topic. Uh, in a way, I would like to say that I was fortunate to come from a place that is unfortunate sometimes. Because I got to learn and understand and experience the power of the social structure, structure, how it can be very supportive to your nervous system and to the feeling safety and certainty within incidents upon incidents of crisis and war and whatnot. So the experience I gained, for me, it's... It's equals to many lifetimes sometimes like that's the experience. So when I was 19 and I left Lebanon to France and I was like, you don't know yourself until you meet the others. And I realized, okay, actually I've seen many wars. I've seen many things, but actually that made me more playful, more resourceful, more very much grateful. And that's the thing. It's the gratitude really has risen within me because you understand life and death you see that not everything is given and then you really start to value and see life from an angle of perspective for me it's amazing um yet it's very stressful yet it's very fearful yet you struggle yet you suffer um but I got to learn or I had to go and learn how to get out of suffering, to start to understand and value what's here, what's all those experiences, what I gained, what I learned. So I'm going to uh, take it upon myself to, to share a little bit about our experience last fall. So we're recording this in uh, March 1 of 2024. Uh, but in October of 2023, uh, the three of us were in Lebanon uh, uh, to share work for 3P Coaching and Solutions. So we were there uh, doing uh, like a CEO seminar, and then we did um, a beautiful uh, kind of workshop with some other uh, industry leaders. And uh, so we were visiting Mazen's family in the mountains. 
And uh, we woke up on October 7th, like much of the world, and learned about the events that were occurring uh, just uh, a few kilometers, a few miles away uh, between Israel and Palestine. And what was fascinating to me, this is the first time that I have been uh, near uh, a conflict zone, is um, how much the three of us were able to resource each other and keep each other feeling a sense of uh, security and safety. And I noticed people around me uh, kind of had a choice and some of them went into a stress response, some of them less so. So it depended on uh, different factors. And as the week went on, these kind of stressful uh, news events would happen or stressful occasions. We'd have people, again, acting in different ways uh, while we were doing our work. What struck me in that period of time was how much we actually relied on play, fun, games, and comedy to almost balance out or offset some of the heaviness of that moment. So it's a period of time where um, almost more than any other time I was watching every night comedy shows, comedy movies. Uh, for the first time in a while, I was watching Seinfeld on TV. Uh, so it was like, a, I don't even really like Seinfeld. There's something maybe about being back in New York where I live and the comedy. We were watching uh, like Borat uh, and we watched uh, another Sasha Baron Cohen movie. So there was something about watching uh, these comedy movies together that really was for me the resource, the support outside of us connecting and talking and sharing our emotions, the three of us, uh, and being able to connect with a couple people back in the US who are sharing uh, nice pictures of our dog, for instance, or nice things to also again offset some of that heaviness and stress that was around us at the time. So I walked away from that experience really for the first time, understanding and recognizing the vital importance of some of these resources in moments of stress. Like again, I was a kind of someone, uh, somewhat a more serious person. So I was like, well, if the environment's serious, I need to be serious too. And what this experience taught me is that the more serious it gets, the more fun and play are needed. It is not because we don't care. It is not because we're not tuned in. It is not because uh, we don't want to have compassion for others. It's actually because when we meet in these moments of joy and play, we help regulate our system. We give something to offset. Um, also, of course, things like I was sleeping way more than I usually do while I was in Lebanon. So sometimes nine, 11 hours, I think it was just the body finding a way to regulate itself and to find a way through this experience. And this is something that I have not, I guess, personally observed with myself, but it's something that I've gotten reflected back from others that since coming back to the US from that event, people have actually told me that I've changed, uh, that I've become much more calm. And much more, uh, I don't react to events as much, uh, which is, again, not something, to be honest, I'm even that conscious of. But some folks and my friends and family have noticed uh, this shift in me from this experience. And uh, the last thing I'll add is when I landed back in New York, um, you know, I've lived in New York 14, 15 years now. And there's always some piece in my back of my mind from all the news media, this like kind of propaganda. It's like it's unsafe. It's unsafe. Like there's no safety in New York. And man, I have to say, landing back in New York after being in this experience, I was like, I am in the safest place in the world. Like, I could not be in a safer place. Like, I know walking down the street that <laughs> there will be no bombs <laughs> like landing down on me. I, I am in, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. So that gratitude was also there. So that was really something I wanted to add in is that in these moments of kind of, uh, I don't know what, again, what to call it, like stress that play and fun and games, um, they can be some of our most important resources. So with that, I want to shift and, and kind of move to uh, potentially a more light energy. Uh, so if we go back to resourcing, and I'll begin with Krasana. So how can we use play and fun and games to resource ourselves, to support ourselves? Play and fun as a resource because we've all had the times in our life when we remember when we were playful and when we were having fun. And in this way, the the nervous system, the body knows everything's fine. I'm safe. Everything's okay. 
I can enjoy. So that's one thing. So the body knows a sense through play, it can self-regulate. It's a way to support um, coming out of seriousness. So this is how play and having fun can be a resource. I when if you're with a, with some friends and you want to use a resource of play or fun, first of all, one has to ask, what does everyone feel like doing? Because maybe not everyone wants to be on the the same same fun game. So you know, just to see what everyone feels like doing. Some might want to play, some might want to go and walk by themselves. So it's really, first of all, sensing in how is everyone feeling? What does people want to do? There's no forced play. There's no forced, we must do fun. But I do know for myself, when I have been working with people, a lot of people in uh, experiential work, um, it is nice for me to to go out and or maybe sometimes watch a comedy or even when I'm outside and I see kids playing. I just love it. You know, it's just so alive and so uh, it's so spontaneous. So I always say to people, even if people have forgotten, they say they don't know what to play or they don't know how to have fun. I often ask people, what are they curious about? What are they curious to explore? What did what made you curious when you were young? What made what what gave you a sense of playfulness? And then this gives an indication of what you can bring back into your life, or you have to discover. So being playful is is can be a resource for you, but you cannot tell people you must be playful because um, for some people playfulness they need to feel if they're safe first, or there's mm -hmm. different stress responses so but to lighten up just you know when there's humor humor is wonderful in times of crisis i mean i even know i've been in some situations i've been in many uh, in all my adventures of traveling for many many years i'm in some eventful situations and it's really good to have some humor because there's also the absurdities of life and like humor can really help. And not that I'm looking for it, but it just happens. That's that's my take on it in this moment. Hmm. If you think about your life right now, what brings you a sense of play and fun in your life right now, Corsana? <laughs> I feel I want I want to answer <laughs> for her. Answer then. But I wouldn't do it. No, you can. No. Um, play, laughing, having uh, having uh, fun, joking time, laughing, um, connecting with my brothers and sisters because we're very humorous together. Um, I don't know. I have this thing with cats at the moment. You do definitely. <laughs> there are lots of meowing in the house. <laughs> Um, I um, yeah. This brings me fun. Having a light time with friends, you know, enjoying. Um, wow, that's a really. It's not a difficult question because I do know the experience of having fun. I do know what I like to do. Even cycling on my bike here in Berlin, I can. You know, things are really fun to see. So I enjoy also this. So I don't go out to have fun. I, I, it's a, it's a quality. It really, it's a, it's a quality inside. For me, I wanted to answer uh, <laughs> oh. knowing her, knowing her routines, uh, rituals, whatever you want to call them. But we all have ways. Then waking up in the morning, and I know she very enjoys um, going and bringing the sun up. Right, like when the sun up, she goes and she welcomes the sun. She goes where welcomes the rivers, and then she's at the birds. And then I know that what gives her the most joy is we have in Berlin, believe it or not, in really a canal that is really the water doesn't flow, but we have so many swans. Mm. And this is a lot of the season, and you see lots of baby swans. It's just really beautiful, and 
in a really unexpected place in the city. Uh, so yeah, I see for me what my feeling, my perception of Kristana is her connection to the element of nature, uh, everything. Like, uh, if I really have more time to every morning sit with her and she would tell me about the leaves, how they're falling and how amazing this, I just, for me, it's not that playful to listen, uh, probably being in a male body. I don't know. I'm stereotyping a bit, but, <laughs> uh, or probably just, I don't like to speak in the morning at all. Um, so, but really her most fun I see, and this is where, when I see her, something she's not happy is when she missed out on saying hi to all the nature, the first part of the day. This is what I saw when you all those years. Um, mm also living together for me that's it if i allow myself to to answer uh, on that yeah. that gives me you? great joy oh. gives me great yeah. to meet the morning i love it yeah. what about you Mazen? what brings you fun today these days myself <laughs> <laughs> myself uh it's something i rely on uh, opposite to when I was a kid, I used to rely on outside sources of fun and joy because I couldn't have access to my inner joy and inner fun. Um, I really enjoy my beingness. I really enjoy being by myself. I really enjoy my morning, not speaking. Uh, actually, opposite to her mornings. <laughs> so I really enjoy taking my time. I really enjoy stretching the morning. I really enjoy sitting in silence um, and not knowing having a really structured program that gives me tremendous amount of joy uh, and believe it it's playful i cannot if you see it on the outside you wouldn't see me like like playful but inside is very playful because i'm really in the moment in those times and then um yeah meeting friends is not necessarily as playful as when i was younger um because Actually, I'm going to be super honest now. Whenever I meet friends and family, most of the time I met with the mind of the past or the future or with a projection image of who I am. Then I sometimes I'm sad or disappointed and have expectation from them. So now I drop that expectation. So when I meet with them, I'm like, I love them as they are. And I really then have fun. When I, but before that, I used to struggle. Because everybody perceives you and the environment based on the past and based on the emotions that they are in. So, and I really love to be met. So the most playful thing is that I'm met. The most sure thing I can meet myself. So I'm like, oof, that's very good. The next one on the list is Krisana. So when she meets me, I feel very playful and joyful. When sometimes, for whatever reason, she cannot meet me or I cannot meet her, then I feel like, hmm, okay. Then we we move. I move on the side because it's because if in we meet in the moment, every joy is playful. So that's it. So moments where I cannot meet with, others, I don't hang out much. Uh, the good thing: animals, trees, nature kids they're always in the moment so they're always meeting you and they never projecting they see you as you are who you are they see reality as it is right now so it's always always playful so see it bring a smile when i see when i see a dog on the street or they like they look at you and like and i look at them and just yeah i play my own games they're very subtle but gives me lots of joy um yeah that's that's it for me huh. <laughs> and I just like to add, I'm I go out even in winter in the mornings, in the winter here in Berlin. Mm. So it's really, it's not some summer thing. I just really enjoy going outside in all the seasons, all the colors. And Mino, what brings you fun and play? I would like to hear for you. I'm probably some mix between the two of you. I'm uh, in the morning. I am not a friendly person, so I really. My most joyful day is the mornings where I have nothing. Like it's just ultimate leisure, able to kind of come into my body, to allow the senses to awaken, to allow this like 
it takes me an hour or two to really come into my own and for all the like systems to turn on like boop, 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 boop. And then I'm like really ready to, to, to meet the day. And uh, I love having like a blank canvas for a day. Like that to me is like that, what it fills me with that childlike wonder. Uh, and I think of uh, this like Calvin and Hobbes comic strip where um, I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like they, yeah. it's uh, the, the boy and the kind of uh, pet tiger and the it's the last strip that Bill Watterson ever uh, drew. So it's the conclusion of the series after many years. And in the strip, it says, um, I love this. I love this one so much. Uh, it's just snowed. So they wake up and it's a snow day and everything is blanketed in, in snow. And so they ask each other, like, what are we going to do today? And it's just like, let's go exploring. And it's just mm. this beautiful white canvas. And that's the end of the comic uh, when he ended wow. it. Wow. And that feeling of like, let's just go exploring. And wow. um, often what I find myself doing in New York on those days, uh, as much as I'd like to believe like it's an infinite uh, kind of adventure, what I gravitate to again and again is there are ferry boats in New York that take you between the boroughs. And I love riding the ferry boats. I think it connects me to my childhood in Greece. Um, but I love, I don't care if it's like freezing. I don't care if it's sunny. Like I will sit out for hours uh, and, and just ride the ferry boats and just seeing the city and enjoying the wind and the water and the smell. And it's something that just, yeah, that's my absolute favorite day. So once in a while, when I really have that blank canvas, um, I treat myself to a day on the ferry boats. So that is me. Mm. Beautiful. I'd like to also add um, some some listeners might think, oh, okay, you have time to do this because maybe, you know, you do this in the morning. But when we're also when I have work, I have schedules, I have meetings or we're doing uh, working with clients. I will also factor in, okay, if we have to start at nine, nine o'clock in the morning. Then I'll get up earlier because I really want to have that time for myself. I don't have, oh, no, this is going to, what What do I give up? This is, no, I, uh, this is, I guess this is part of what we talk about, self-leadership or in a, in a, in a care. And it's like, okay, I'll just get up early. It's just such a joy. It's just to really meet myself in these times with fun and mm. creativity and exploration and play. I would, it's, it's not something one can't have. Everyone can have. It's just where you make them, where you can have choices for everything and how you can put them in and what are, what are priorities first for yourself. Thank you. I actually, it, uh, I felt after you both sharing, I felt, hmm, uh, I gave the, for some listeners, it might be the dry experience of playfulness and it might not be, <laughs> not be understood. Uh, so I'll give also another that I also have another part of me that enjoys what life offers. So I'd like to speak about briefly uh, certain things I do in the morning, at least every second day, sometimes, sometimes every day. But every I do my uh, language learning uh, and this is actually an invitation for everyone uh, who who are stuck in their life or even who are not stuck. The moment we give something for the brain to learn, bring curiosity, this is very, very resourceful in a tremendous way. Uh, I can speak about it for hours, but actually I would rather that you go and then experience it yourselves. I do only like about 10 minutes of uh, Germany. I've been living here since ever, but I always, I'm I'm the student of life for German language because I never really mastered it and I always learning. So, but actually I think I did it in a way that's gave me joy because I'm always a student. Where on other aspects of things, I already, there's not much learning for me, certain things I share or I work with. And lately also I decided to do another language. And then so I have, I juggle between two languages, uh, either listening uh, or reading. And it gives me a tremendous, it's 10 minutes. It just, that's, that's it. And then it activates this curiosity in me. And bam, directly I'm in a, such a joyous state. When I'm stressed or when I have a fast day, I cannot. I really have to be a 
have a bit more space in order to do such a thing. So it's very specific. That's one. Second, actually, uh, on the more physical plane, I love to use my hand and my scientific understanding and my love for cacao uh, and the kitchen. So actually, yeah, I forgot this one. Okay. I cook. I cook a lot. And uh, in the house here, we creating. We have our own lab. Uh, lab. Lab, as Christian loved to say it. We have Excel sheets. We've been, since COVID time, we just jumped into it. We, we do like chocolate, dark chocolate, all healthy, sustainable, without sugar, with another alternative sweetener. So that's, again, now I'm getting excited. Uh, if I don't have work to do now, I can sit in the lab. <laughs> in the kitchen and i can cook for the next three four months there are things we have the raw material so anytime and even anytime Christiana see me i'm in the kitchen she knows that actually i'm in my zone i'm in the flow um you might see me as Christiana got to get to use to me when you look at my face you might see me like this turn very like emotionless no like a bit like he's serious but actually there's a lot to juggle and as a coming from having um a background in science you have to pipette you have to put the right uh, percentage of things it's all calculated everything started intuitively but once experiencing it again and again and again and trying it we finally had formulas and we're always improving them so we have excel sheets and that brings me a tremendous amount <laughs> of joy and you know why and that's the thing that connects me a lot to my physical body and to earth because once i do it i put it in the fridge I wait a little bit. I sleep very good. Oh, look what we did. It's very tangible. It's always successful. And it's not project successful in a year or like something with money and money will come. In the morning, I wake up. I come with Krisana. I tell her what I did. And we go and do tasting. She's she's my best taster. So, and only at this moment. <laughs> no, but just she's everything. I cannot taste. It's you are very subjective to what you created. So Krisana goes, tastes, she tells me what's wrong, what's needed, what's not. And that's so joyous. And that's very playful between us. And imagine you're constantly eating chocolate to taste to the point she's like, oh my God, that's <laughs> too much. As a kid, she used to see those tasters eating a little bit of chocolate. She used to say, how can they only eat this? They should have eaten it all. But now with me, I'm like, eat this, eat that. And she's like, Mazen, I'm saturated. You got the answers? I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, it's fine. So that's bring lots of aliveness uh, and lots of joy. Actually, that's that's the highest amount of playfulness I I can have with the physicality of the elements around me. Yes, Beautiful. a lot of play, play and creativity. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So on that high, we say Avida Zen. Ciao. Mm -hmm. Thank Ciao. you for the beautiful experience, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.